my friends. Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Larson. Thanks for joining us today. We are celebrating Christmas this week, which is crazy, but we're working through this Advent series, going through C.S. Lewis's argument from Mere Christianity that if Jesus claimed to be both God and man, he must have either been a liar, a lunatic, a legend, or a lord. And why are we going through this at Christmas time? Because Christmas is a great time to remember why we celebrate, and it's a good time to know why we believe what we believe so that we can share with others, especially those who don't know Jesus. So this is a great episode to listen to if you are a believer, if you're not a believer, because today we're going through the third L, is Jesus a legend? So we've seen previously, our first episode was actually not one of the L's that C.S. Lewis gives in his book, Mere Christianity. We've seen that Jesus is not only not like Santa Claus, but Instead of us trying to be good to earn his gifts, Jesus is good enough for us and took our place so that we can receive the best gift of forgiveness and salvation and eternal life with him. We've also seen that he is not only not a liar, but that he is the source of truth. And last week we saw that he is not only not a lunatic, he is the source of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Which, this is all nice, but what if he's just a legend? A lot of people think that Jesus is just a legend. You know, maybe he's like a religious figure, just like other religious figures, just for people to follow rules and have good morals, like mythology. And some people might think Jesus is just a legend because of lack of historical evidence for his actual existence and evolution disproving creation. So we're going to dive into today why Jesus is not just a legend. He actually is a person. He's the son of God and human, and he's unlike mythology and legends. And there's actually a lot of historical evidence outside of the Bible for his existence, some of which we will get into today. As far as evolution goes, I personally see how the evidence points to a seven-day creation and a young earth being about 5,000, 6,000 years old. And there's actually an episode from the summer of 2021 with Josh Woodard that discusses the science behind this. However, I also know plenty of believers who believe in evolution and an older earth and the Bible. So, There's a lot of discussion that goes around that. That's not the point of this episode today, but it's definitely something worth diving into and discussing. However, today we're kind of going to talk through three different people and how they found the evidence and saw that Jesus is not just a legend, but that he is real, his existence on this earth, that he died and that he rose again. Our first example is C.S. Lewis, who, I don't know if you know this or not, but he was actually an atheist. He was in a debate and realized he was wrong and ended up becoming one of the best theologians in modern history and 
all of history, really. But he has written many books, including Mere Christianity, The Problem of Pain, The Chronicles of Narnia, which depicts, uh, it's like a fairy tale story, but there's a lot of truth of scripture behind those stories. Um, he's also written Screwtape Letters, lots and lots of books discussing theology. And another example we have is Dr. J.L. Weil. Um, he has his PhD in nuclear chemistry. He was also once an atheist, and he was actually in a debate with another scientist, realized he was wrong, and now writes science textbooks um, and is a science professor showing how science provides evidence for the Christian faith. He gives evidence for creation through science, offering both evidence for creation and evolution. Uh, He admits that he is biased, but he provides evidence for both, as unbiased as possible nonetheless. And so when I was in school, I actually had some science textbooks written by Dr. Weil, which is what sparked my passion for science and being evidence for the Bible. A lot of people say like, oh, science versus faith, but really they go hand in hand. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have the experience of learning multiple sides. They just learn one side of thing. They just learn evolution as fact when really it's an unconfirmed hypothesis. So if you have had that experience where you've only learned one side of things, like you went to school that did not provide multiple, multiple ways of looking at the evidence that we are given in this world, I would encourage you to really look into some more, more views and more evidence for that because there is more than one way to look at the world. And um, there's a lot of convincing evidence for the fact that it's possible that the earth was created in seven days and that it is a young earth. But anyway, I actually saw Dr. Weil speak at conventions and I didn't know this until later in my college career, but he was actually a science professor at my university. It was it became a, on my bucket list after learning this um, to get coffee with him before COVID hit and then I couldn't fulfill my bucket list, but I'm just a big fan of his and how he uses science as a way to share faith instead of, it just really bothers me when people see science and faith as conflicting things, when really science and faith go hand in hand. And there is evidence that shows the validity of the Bible. The main thing we're going to focus on today, though, is um, we're going to talk about this man named Lee Strobel. He was also once an atheist, and he was actually trying to disprove Jesus' death and resurrection. He was uh, a journalist in Chicago, and his wife became a Christian, and so he wanted to disprove the main point of Christianity, that Jesus died and rose again, Um, and he ended up writing a book instead on all the historical evidence there is for Jesus's death and resurrection, and he became a Christian. So he wrote the book, The Case for Christ, which is what we're going to talk a lot about today. And this book shows the evidence for the death and resurrection of Jesus. And he didn't give special privilege to scripture. I use scripture a lot for the podcast because I see it as fact and truth, and the way that I view the world is through the lens of scripture. When he was doing this research, he was completely an atheist and did not consider the Bible anything special. That's obviously different now since he's a Christian, but 
as he was doing the research, he was not really using the Bible. He was finding historical evidence outside of the Bible. And with death and resurrection of Jesus being the main point of Christianity, he wanted to disprove that so that he could disprove the need for Christianity. But instead, he found overwhelming evidence for Jesus's existence. And he actually summarizes it quite well in a message that he gave at Passion City Church. Uh, And he boils down the message into the four E's. The first E is execution, that Jesus really died. And a couple of sources that he gives are from the American Medical Association, in which they did an investigation on Jesus's death. And a quote from the conclusion of this is that clearly the weight of the historical and medical evidence indicates Jesus was dead even before the wound to his side was inflicted. And another source, it was um, the atheist New Testament scholar, which is weird for me to process. He was a New Testament scholar, but an atheist. Gerd Ludemann, he says the death of Jesus is indisputable. So these are a couple of sources. Just He goes into a lot more in his book. We're just kind of boiling it down to a few main points here. But in his research, he finds that the execution of Jesus is valid. Like he really died. He hung on the cross and he breathed his last. Then the second E is early. And I didn't really understand this before, but legends are things that are developed over time to explain historical events. And But what we find with Jesus is that the accounts of his death and resurrection come shortly after the occurrence. Legends take lots of time to build, but we see the creed of the earliest Christians based on the facts that they knew to be true and the lists of eyewitnesses very, very early on. Legends take over like two generations of time passage to develop, but we find this like less than 20 years, less than three years after his death and resurrection, we find these eyewitnesses, and these accounts. So it was early, way too early to be a legend. The third E is empty for empty tomb. The tomb we know was sealed. Jesus died on the cross and his body was taken into um, the tomb, which some people would dispute that in saying that crucifixion victims just like hang on the cross and they like the birds come and take the flesh and they just rot there. But there's actually archaeological evidence of crucifixion victims being buried and not being left on the cross. And so it's not out of the question for that to have happened to Jesus. And so he was sealed in this tomb and the tomb was guarded. So how did this tomb get empty? And a huge piece of evidence that he found is that even the enemies of Jesus, the ones who opposed Jesus's teaching and the things that he said and anything about him, they admitted that it was empty. And this is sources in and out of the New Testament. They, instead of trying to dispute the fact that the tomb was empty, they try to find a, a story to cover it up. The, when people would say that the tomb was empty, they would say things like, oh, well, the disciples stole the body. So they weren't disputing the tomb being empty. They were trying to explain it away. But how their story, the covering up by saying that the disciples stole the body, how could the disciples beat up these soldiers and open the tomb and steal the body? And why, even if they did that, 
Why would they then live and die for the truth of Jesus of Jesus coming to life again if it didn't actually happen? So we have Jesus actually died. We have early accounts. We have an empty tomb. And the fourth E is eyewitnesses. After Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to more than 500 people after raising to life again. And he didn't appear as a ghost. And we know that because he ate and drank and people touched him. They felt the holes in his hands and the holes in his side. And he ate and drank. Like these are physical things. So, and he appeared before all these witnesses. And we know that to confirm an ancient fact, we're lucky to have like one or two sources to confirm that. However, we have at least nine ancient sources in and out of the New Testament of encounters with the risen Jesus. Nine sources, at least. And this revolutionized the lives of the disciples. It's not like this happened and then life went on how it did before. Because Jesus came, lived his life, the perfect life. He said what was going to happen. He said, I'm going to be given into the hands of these religious leaders. I'm going to be betrayed and I will die and I will raise life on the third day. And he backed that up by dying on a cross, being buried and raising to life on the third day. This changed the lives of the disciples. They were once these cowardly people who they were just scared and they became bold to proclaim the good news of their savior. So bold that they went up to death. Many, many, many of the disciples died as martyrs for sharing the truth of the gospel. And why on earth would you do that if it didn't happen? Like if you didn't actually believe that that happened, if you didn't witness that happening. So these are just a few of the points that he lists. However, his book goes into a lot more detail, the case for Christ. And there's actually also a movie about his life and his research. Um, However, this good summary comes from the Passion City Church podcast episode, The Case for Christ. Another thing that's really important is that the legitimacy of Christ is not just through official truth and facts that we see through historical evidence, through science, through theological arguments. We see transformation and breakthrough in the lives of those who follow Jesus. Even with these three men, we see, we see C.S. Lewis had a softened heart. And Dr. J.L. Weil experienced most of his transformation in a spiritual sense. And Lee Strobel went from being an angry drunk to becoming a loving husband and father, and his children grew up to serve God as well. The biggest example is that he does not just change minds, he transforms hearts. We'll talk about that more next week. But it's important to see that this is not just about facts and being right or wrong. It is about your soul, who you love and serve, and your eternal destiny. While I never really struggled with atheism, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home and I learned overwhelming evidence for the reality and truth of God's word and God's son from a young age. I know that he is real, mostly through the way that he has changed my life. I used to struggle with my adoption story, but he chose me and he brought me into his family and into my loving family. I used to struggle with anger, 
but he softened my heart and he gave me patience and forgiveness. I used to struggle with eating disorders, but he showed me that my body is not my own, that he made me, and that I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. He taught me how to honor him with my body and to fuel it and live a healthy lifestyle. I used to struggle with idolizing marriage, but he showed me that he is my first love, he is my husband, and that he delights in me. I used to struggle with suicidal thoughts, but he showed me how valuable life is and what a gift it is to live each day. I used to struggle with depression and anxiety, but he has given me joy and peace beyond circumstances and beyond understanding. I have fallen countless times, but he never fails to be there to pick me up and to carry me. I have learned tenderness because he is tender toward me. He is tender toward you too. He loves you. He loves you because theologically God is love, but he also likes you. He delights in you. He enjoys you. If you are listening because you think Jesus is merely a legend, please keep thinking about it. Keep digging into it and do your own research. Don't just accept what other people say as fact. Look into it for yourself. If you want to discuss with me, please feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can message me and I'd love to chat. If you're listening because you want to know if your faith is true, if you're struggling with doubt, keep pressing into the truth. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Culture will wash you back and forth like waves, but his truth is a firm foundation that you can count on even when the waves come. If you are listening because you want to share the good news with someone who is skeptical, pray that God would soften their hearts. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Pray that he would open their eyes. If you are listening because you're curious, continue to stay hungry and thirsty for righteousness. You will be filled. It's good to look for answers. It's good to know why we believe what we believe. It's good to find truth. But you can know the facts. You can know that Jesus died and rose again. You can know that he exists. You can know that he's not a legend, but that he really did walk on this earth and that he really does now sit at the right hand of the throne of God, interceding on our behalf and is our advocate. You can know these facts and not love him. So I hope that you choose him, not just the facts, but I hope that you choose to allow him into your heart, into your soul, to transform you. Because that is the biggest evidence of God, is the way that he changes our lives and transforms us and makes us more like him. We are very imperfect human beings. We will always choose the wrong thing on our own. It is through his help that we become better people, that we become more loving, that we become more selfless and more humble, become more patient, compassionate, loving, and forgiving. If you want that, talk to him. Tell him what you want. He loves to hear from you. Thank you for listening today to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. Next week is our last episode of the Advent series.
Jesus is Lord. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Let your friends and families and strangers know how loved they are by you, but more importantly, how loved they are by the Savior who is willing to leave heaven, come to earth, and die for us. But he didn't stay in that tomb. He rose again. And just as he rose again, we have hope. We have hope to rise up from any situation that we're in. We can become dead to our sins and alive in him. Have a great week, a Merry Christmas. May the Lord bless you and keep you.